welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me is my co-host, super producer, Ian Stimson. Ian, you know what I'm about to ask. <laughs> I don't, because it could go a number of ways, but go on. Oh, well, fish talk. Come on. <laughs> it was either fish or posh. Yeah. <laughs> Both end with an SH. Well, I figure you don't <laughs> want to talk about posh. Yeah. Okay, we'll do we'll, we'll do them in turn. Uh, what do you want to know about the fish? The, fi- the fish are pretty much established now, Oscar. There's going to be no change for about five years, so you can che- keep checking in all you want. But, like, you know, I've got oh, the well, fish. Have you named them? Um, well, it's quite hard to name a lot of them because they're, they're shoaling fish, a lot of them, so they all look similar. Um, I've Racist. Fishes. Got... <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I've got, like, so I've got four yo-yo loaches. You'd like yo-yo loaches. They're busy. They're they're exciting. They're, they're uh, brightly, well, brightly sort of striped. But okay. one, one of them is, like, greyed out. He's faded. So uh, we call him grey. That's That is... Inherently okay. racist. It feels like after you watch it. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, um, I don't know. What else have we got? Oh, we've got one bristlenose catfish, which we're not sure if it's a male or a female. Uh, we're calling it Mr. Bristlenose at the minute. It's unimaginative, okay. I know. Um, even if it's a female, Kelly's decided it's still Mr. Bristleface or Mr. Bristlenose. I can't remember now. Fair enough. I believe the non gendered one is just MX. So you just call them Mix. Is that how you pronounce it as well, Mix? I have no idea if that's how it's pronounced. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. I quite like that as well. It's got a sound connotation as well. So yeah, I'll there you go, go. True. Yeah, I'll go mi- Mix Bristleface. Which is <laughs> now my, what Kelly says to that. <laughs> it's now my DJ name. There you go. <laughs> um, and then the, the only other one that's identifiable is um, a male of... I've got three fish, two females, one male. And you can tell the male because they're more brightly coloured. Because in nature, guys... It's the male who has to wear makeup and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, all know? the crazy looking birds are always the guy, the the male birds. Exactly, and they have to like like peacocks, female peacocks, very boring. Yeah, really dull, very brown, dull. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, lesson there to be had. But for some reason, Finley's called that one because it's the identifiable one. He's called it Milo. I think he watched The Mask. That's the dog from The Mask, isn't it? And yes, uh, it is. What a what a strange thing for your child to be referencing. I, yeah, I don't know. I think he just decided that that was what he was. Bit weird. Call that. Bit weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, so cool. They, All right. Well, that's as much fish talk as I can handle. To be honest, it is getting a little tedious. Three minutes more than Chuck can handle. Yeah, actually. exactly. <laughs> Um, just for the sake of keeping people informed, uh, Posh, you want to give us a little quick update on, on the sadness at Posh Island? Yeah, cool. Uh, let me just quickly check the percentages. Um, a hundred percent. We were a hundred percent to get yep, relegated. Yeah. 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 It's official, right? <laughs> yeah, it's official now. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about it really, because in a way Kelly summed it up when she went, aren't you just excited to next year see them win again? And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little that's bit. True. So I guess this could lead to a good discussion, actually, of the nature of fandom. Do you prefer having just had two seasons back to back, a more successful, let's say, season at a lower division? Or do you like being able to like say, oh, we're playing Stoke on Wednesday or like, the you know, the Shining Lights? It's, I mean, it's not quite the Premier League, so it's not. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But for, for our level, yeah. Yeah. T- talk to me about that. What's that like? So, absolutely, honestly, send me back to League One. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> like, okay. All right. uh, no, just because, like, I had the, and it is now revealed to be a delusion, 
that we would survive in the championship. And that was exposed quite quickly. I mean, there were a lot of, I don't know, uh, like obviously I linked uh, to you and I don't know if you actually read it or just uh, decided this is funny, Peterborough getting a write-up in The Athletic. <laughs> I, 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 the latter. Yeah, so for us, I, I yep. assume so. That's absolutely I love fine. you, Ian, but I'm not reading an article about Peterborough. Of course not. It's just not happening. Not. I understand that entirely. <laughs> but The Athletic did a write-up of Peterborough and the the disappointment of our championship season and it was it was bad because there were lots of injuries and that is genuinely a thing that happened sure but there was also players who and there's no other way to say this and I say this as an overweight individual myself got fucking fat like like they just decided that the off-season was party time which as indeed did I but I'm not fucking championship footballer sure. and and yeah uh it it there were there were players that were not fit and were not fit 10 weeks into the season yeah they didn't even hazard he used to do that every once in a while anytime <laughs> we won like a really big trophy i knew he was coming back at the end of the summer kind of chunky and it would take him till about christmas to get in shape you know <laughs> with an even bigger ass <laughs> yeah exactly as, as if he needed it <laughs> the problem we've got is of course we've got derby going back down with us who are a big club don't know whether wayne rooney will stay there because i don't know whether his wages will allow or ad- sure, administrators. Yeah. i don't even know whether derby will start with another there's po- a possibility of another points deduction in League what? One so why so much? Because like, of what continued did they do? financially uh, financial irregularities, uh, so spend, okay. spending over their turnover. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, so, I mean, I'm not bothered about Barnsley, obviously, but yeah, D- Derby are, uh, could potentially go straight back up as, as League One champions. Um, so, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one, but yeah, I, it, this has been awful. Peterborough have conceded more goals, or certainly have the worst goal difference in the league, as in League Two, League One. Championship yeah. or the Premier League, uh, it's been awful and it is depressing. It is. There's no other way to say it. It is depressing. We had a, a cup run to keep us going for a little while. In the Papa John's? No, fuck you. Oh. <laughs> remember when we had Man City and we uh, kept them at bay for 60 minutes? I don't remember that, no. The FA Cup, Oscar. Uh, okay, um, okay. Yeah, we had an FA Cup run and we had Man City at home and uh, it was fun for a while. But... You, you almost don't need a cut run when you're struggling in the league. It was, uh, you know, it's been tough. It's been tough. And yes, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking forward to going back to League One and winning some matches because it has been fucking rough. Sorry for how depressing this opening has been. No, it's okay. Uh, fish but, fish and depression. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we got here, <laughs> Which folks. is my life at the minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess that's a good way to sort of seg out of the banter section. <laughs> was question this banter? Mark. Yeah. Um... If you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We're very happy to have you. We are a Premier League podcast nominally, um, although we often get distracted. And there's also usually a third person, um, although that has also been happening less. What a weird weird year. Weird year. But we are uh, two American, two Brits and one American. We talk about the Premier League, but often get distracted. Um, if you're coming back, wow. Okay. Uh, we love you. We appreciate it. Um, you know, keep coming back for more. Sure. Obviously, Chuck isn't here this week. He will be back soon. Um, we love you, Chuck. Uh, I am back now, which is nice. And soon, all three of us will be available, uh, which will be great because then we'll really get back into the swing of things. We'll get back to our best, um, which I'm very excited for, to be honest with you. Um, but go ahead and tell a friend and uh, leave a review and, and patreon.com slash miles offside. 
Pod. You know it pod. now, and I know you know it, and I didn't <laughs> know that before. That's <laughs> I don't know how many weeks you've known it and have been toying with me, and now I know years, you know it. Years, years. <laughs> it could be years. Literal years. <laughs> it could be years. Yeah, although I, I do trick myself into forgetting it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. of the joke you know but this is the thing i have known you as uh, uh, for a long time now and i know you as someone whose memory cannot always be relied upon it's very hit and miss like that's you know. true and I, yes. I i feel it's very similar to my son like he can remember he's 11 and he can remember meals he had six years ago but if i tell him to do a fucking job he forgets it instantly oh how instantly. convenient it's yeah mine that. also revolves around chores and mm. doing things yeah funny interesting that. uh no i'm just bad at names really names is the big one for me anything with the same letter i'm like nah i'm out i'm just out I'm, i wonder if like well i don't know anyway um <laughs> we'll kick things off around here with our famous segment <clears throat> rapid 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 fire news haven't got the ipad <laughs> um a bit of a chelsea ownership update here just because there are quite a few chelsea fans that listen to this podcast and it's been a while um we recently had the final bids Friday, as they called it, which is when official final bids were due, from which they were going to decide. Two groups pulled out on that day, on final bids Friday. Um, and one of the two that dropped out was the Ricketts family, which is Yay. really great. Uh, fuck those guys. And also billionaire investor Ken Griffin pulled out on the last day before final bids. Um, so there's still three in the running. Uh, my personal preference continues to be for the Bowley group. Um, they do a good job running the Dodgers in baseball. So I'd like to see them hopefully bring that sort of analytics and ownership to Chelsea. I can only assume that all three of these ownership groups are terrible human beings because you don't really get to be a billionaire without like doing bad things, mm. um, such as the nature of billionaires. <laughs> so I'm going to hope that it's the least evil of the three once whatever skeletons come out of the, come out of that closet get brought out mm. if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely yep. the, the least bad is the only thing you can hope for yes the least bad yeah. preferably no war crimes and that'll be um, <laughs> that would be nice yeah you know an, yeah. an upgrade and if they know how to use analytics great <laughs> sure. uh, but yeah serena williams and lewis hamilton have also joined one of the groups and that's one of those that like um you know like jay-z is part owner of the brooklyn nets he, he owns like 0.1 percent <laughs> He owns a season ticket, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But then they get to trot him out and be like, yeah, we're owned by Jay-Z. Isn't that so cool? <laughs> yeah. Um, along those same lines, keeping with the Chelsea ownership updates, uh, this broke like literally two hours ago at the time of recording. Um, bidders for Chelsea Football Club have been told that they must guarantee they will not sell a controlling stake for at least a decade as Roman Abramovich's tenure as owner nears its conclusion. This is coming from Sky News. They learned that Rain Group told that the shortlisted bidders would have to provide commitments through 2032 to remain the huh. majority owners. I wonder who that's coming from, though. I wonder where that edict is is coming from, because, yeah, that's that's I mean, that's I feel like that's good. A custodian period rather, you know, to make you make owners realize that they're not just in it for the short-term financial gain but who's that is that from the so scrolling further down the story it doesn't officially say who it is but it is thought to be from mr abramovich who's really? also seeking other assurances about chelsea's future and the decisions going forward wow you know say what you will about him as a person and you are allowed to think he's a good owner and a bad person chelsea yeah, fans you yeah. don't have to defend him as a human being um, but he has genuinely been like an excellent owner yeah, yeah of course like yeah. that's not the thing to talk about so but it's, it's been kind of 
enough weeks now that I feel more comfortable pointing that out as a truth. Yeah, well, I think as a podcast, we've made it quite clear where we stand on right, human exactly. rights and war. So you can absolutely... Yeah. yeah. Um, so having done that for a few weeks, I think I'm, I'm able to feel comfortable now being like, he's doing a really good fucking job, even as he's leaving the door. Of like, I think he has genuine love for the club. Like, yes, it was a sports washing thing. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. From a purely Chelsea point of view, we can absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if that's an edict he's putting in, that is only a good thing for Chelsea. Yeah, he did that. I know that there's a lot of talk about like they have to commit to improving Stamford Bridge or building something new. Yeah. Okay. um, As part of the like agreement to be owners. Like he's doing a good job of handing it off in a way that it will be stable, uh, which is pretty great. But also, like, can we just get bought? Because Rudiger, I don't know, that's another news yeah. story. Rudiger's gone for sure officially because we didn't get bought in time to negotiate a new contract. And he was like, sorry, I got to do what I got to do. So he's on his way out. Yeah, that is a blow. Yeah, it sucks. Sucks a lot because we have seen how the defending has gone without him in the lineup recently. And it has not been good. Mm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, that's kind of everything going on with Chelsea. Continuing on with the transfer talk, we'll go to our next story here. Erling Holland has given the green light to Manchester City to move after initial personal terms have been agreed. So that's for this summer. The Athletic revealed earlier this year that City were winning the race. Uh, there's still some work to be done before the deal is finalized, such as payment to Dortmund and commission to Holland's representatives. So it's not officially closed, yeah. um, but it's looking like pretty much a done deal, given that he and the club have both been like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, it's super um, interesting that this is like slightly backwards to how deals are usually done in that you don't usually do personal terms until a deal has been made between clubs well isn't he out on a free well is it because i i, I read i don't actually know s- and i closed the tab hilariously of course yeah of course <laughs> yeah i thought there was some sort of compensation scenario at least but yeah maybe, maybe you're right I, maybe but i don't know if it's a yeah. transfership fee Right, yeah, okay. God, these things are so complicated these days. Because I was reading about Ericsson and the potential move to Tottenham that might be on the cards. Yeah. Uh, but but even that is not, a, it's like a free light in that there will be some payment probably to Brentford for being the ones that brought him back in. And I don't know, it was just all very shady and sort of, I don't know, not Yeah, I mean, the football financial the system is broken and is like, <laughs> Yeah. Largely centered at this point around money laundering. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So of course it's obfuscated and hard to like track stuff. I know. Yeah. Um, agents are a problem. I'm sure that's gonna like that is something that is gonna be something we have to have a whole podcast special about in a year or two yeah. when whatever it is that's gonna come out that breaks the system comes out and breaks the system. Yeah. Um, because agents are a huge problem. There's just all sorts of really bad incentives and like really bad structures in place for all sorts of shady things to go down. <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Bad all around. Um, but actually, that's a good segue to our next story because regulations are nice. Um, the government is the UK government uh, is looking to introduce an independent football regulator in England after backing a fan-led review. Uh, the government says it will establish a regulator. Um, in the men's game, it will have the power to sanction clubs in English football who break financial and other rules. The Premier League said it recognizes and it recognizes and accepts the case for reform, reform, but that a regulator is not necessary. Um, it'll come with a new owner's test and legislations to give fans more say in the running of the game and the clubs. That's pretty great. It is, it is, and but call me a bluff old cynic. I'm going to file this under believe it when i see it yeah as, i'm probably in, with you on that you know as in i'm sure it will happen 
the effectiveness of it, I am absolutely not sold on because rich people get what they want. So, yep, we'll just park that. Put a pin in it. Boop. Yeah, I agree. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, are we finally going to see something like what Germany has? You know, the 50 plus one model, which means that I think the fans own over 50% of the club, right? That's, that's what 50 plus one means. Kind of, sort of. Even that's iffy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I don't think we want the German system. Like the German league is having its own problems in that, well, here, another story. Bayern Munich just won their 10th consecutive Bundesliga title. Yeah. Um, and they're not even that good this year yeah, by yeah. Bayern Munich standards. Well, look, this is the thing. When we accepted the Premier League in 1992, <laughs> I'm being ridiculous, but you make a deal with the devil and you sort of have to take the consequences. Now, we decided at that point that... And I, I know I've talked about this before, but back in those days, you had one, maybe two games maximum, if you were lucky, on terrestrial TV. Uh, and Outer space, all of the channels. <laughs> all of the channels, absolutely. They're lucky alien bastards. Uh, but, but you know, that that's what was brought in. It was a big hoo-ha at the time. And within, what, five, six years, the Premier League was being touted as the best league in the world. And that was because of the TV money. And that is it. You make a deal with the devil and you've got to decide what, you know, what what you want. Now, going back to Germany, like it used to be, Bayern's always been dominant in Germany. hmm. Um, And that has to do with the way that the ownership works. Like those clubs just can't be as rich inherently. Mm -hmm. Um, So financially, they can't compete with Bayern, the other German clubs. And it used to be that Bayern would hoover up all the best German players from all the other teams. Um, You know, I mean, Lewandowski, right? That's how he ended up at Bayern. Uh, they just, you know, perpetually would raid Dortmund and Leverkusen and Cologne and other other teams that historically had some players um, that got moved. But now, because of the TV money, because of England, um, which is the real Super League, everyone, covers uh, <laughs> up all the talent from Germany. So, like, now the players that used to go to Bayern from Dortmund are now rotting on the bench at Man United for half a season. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. a very specific person in mind there. And like sure. all of the all of that talent that used to go to Bayern is now getting funneled to England because of the money. So why the hell would English clubs want have any incentive or reason to go more to a German ownership model? Exactly. When the English ownership model has made it such that the German league is now basically a farmers league for the Premier League, like it's a feeder league. Exactly, exactly. Uh, that is exactly it. We we know what we are, or we ought to. And if you if you don't, then sort yourself out. Because <laughs> you know we the the reason the Premier League is what it is is because of of the ownership and the TV. We don't punish the ownership wherever the money comes from until very recently and until politically expedient to do so. And only in some cases when literally oh, yeah. like weeks before that you fully welcomed and embraced on absolutely worse worse you know whatever we've had this conversation we don't need to have the conversation sorry yeah. go ahead. You know, but no no you're absolutely right though you're absolutely right to point out that uh, we you know Newcastle were were taken over by a country that has call me uneducated potentially a worse human rights record than Russia. I don't know. Who cares? Who's keeping the league table? Not sure. Yeah, it's hard to measure at that point. <laughs> you know, so it's like, and, and exactly that, you know, until until this, in inverted commas, happened, 
we were all happy with Roman. We've, we've talked about this before. We were all happy with the sports washing. We weren't, but you know what I mean. It's not going to go backwards now. And by backwards, I don't mean socially backwards because it would be socially forwards to go to a Bundesliga model. But of it's course. not, not going to yeah. go backwards financially. And that's the only thing that matters to the Premier League and its stakeholders. I um I rewatched WandaVision last week okay. just because I'm like getting excited for the hard left turn, but I'm going to bring it back to the soccer in a second. I <laughs> sure. Um, I rewatched WandaVision last week because I'm just trying to like work myself up into a frenzy, right? Going into Doctor Strange, the new one. So I'm going to rewatch WandaVision. I'm going to rewatch What If. I'm going to rewatch the Doctor Strange movie and the Spider-Man movie and all that sort of stuff. And I, and I was sitting there on my phone watching and at the same time reading this article talking about like literally the the history of the transfers and how like that has progressed towards England um but it was basically showing how like England has is killing European football yeah with how rich it's become and how much money the Premier League has um and, and like on my TV at the same time uh Agatha Agnes was like sucking out the souls of all of those witches <laughs> in the flashback to Salem and she's like I make myself powerful <laughs> Of your death. Jesus. <laughs> I and then I'm reading this article about the Premier League and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. We are the bad guys. We are the bad guys. Yeah. Fair enough. So if you're a Premier League fan and you think you're holier than anyone else, thou, yeah. like, yeah, sure, Roman sucks and obviously Man City and Newcastle, but like, we we're support all kind the of the bad guys. Yeah, absolutely. Keep these in place. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We are like, the Premier League <sighs> is. Like it's gotten to the point where even the Bundesliga is is lowering its level relative, which is insane, 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 insane. Let's see. There's a few more stories. I don't particularly want to run through them too long, so I'll just read off the headlines, and you can give a one sentence response if you want. Uh, safe standing at grounds across the UK has had a positive impact on spectator safety and improved the match day experience. A new report said the trial of safe standing, which began in January, has allowed Chelsea blah 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 blah, um, and they're saying that. Uh, more barriers and rails installed in front of seats makes more orderly and provide more stability for people moving up and down the aisles. Thoughts on stay standing? Yeah, well, this is very interesting. I won't, I won't go on for too long, but like I grew up in the eighties and nineties, so Hillsborough was a big thing in in my uh, formative football experience. It, yep. ju- you know, just in in vaguely understanding what went on when I was very young. For and- any new fans, there was a a crowd. Rush and 97 people? 96? Uh, it is, I believe, now 97 because yeah, yeah someone yeah. died so pretty some, recently some from yeah. large and unacceptable number of people died because of the structure of the stadium and it was like an unsafe situation. There was regulations put in place to sort of prevent that sort of thing. Sorry, continue. Yeah, so all I, all I was going to say was that, you know, I, I've been almost preconditioned to be that standing is unsafe when really... Anyone who looked into Hillsborough at all knows that it was the planning on the day. It was the terrible decisions that were made by match commander so forth on the day. Uh, no one needs to go into this. If you do the lightest bit of reading, you know about it. So um, it's a weird one for me because standing feels inherently unsafe because I was conditioned to believe that. Um, but all these trials are saying that safe, safe standing rail seating is you know, not necessarily a, a bad thing. And indeed, it, like Peter has got a terrace still, you know, we still stand. And it, it, this was the last season that the championship was going to allow us uh, to be in the... Good the, thing you got relegated. 
isn't it just? That's what I was about to say. So, <laughs> thank God we got relegated. And we've got a new stadium on the way. Yay! To watch League One football in. Um, but... Yeah, so it, it does seem that all the trials have been successful. It hasn't just been in this country. It's been in uh, various other countries as well. And, uh, yeah, there doesn't seem to be any any problem with uh, rail. Rail seating is a different thing from what standing used to be back in the day. As I say, Peterborough's got a terrace. It is it is ridiculous in that I can imagine what it would be like if new, like far too many people were let in. It would be horrific. Whereas rail, rail seating, safe standing is totally different. You have an assigned space, you have a flip down seat and no one will use it. But those seating bits will, will just naturally form a barrier. If, you know, if anything as ridiculous as Hillsborough was ever to happen again, right. you would have regular natural barriers between the rows, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, it's a tough one for me because of when I grew up. But, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I, I were willing to go with the evidence and safe standing seems to be a viable option. All right. And the last story, Fulham, coming up. Metro, 40 goals, 39 games. Shit me. Fucking crazy. <laughs> 40 goals, 39 games over the course I mean, of the season. Good Lord. He's shattering records. Watford, Norwich, Burnley, Andor, Everton, Andor. <laughs> You know, whoever's going down, buy fucking Mitro from Fulham. Yeah, he's... well, he can't do it in the Premier League, man. Can't do it in the Premier League. How many times has he been in the Premier League? He's had three seasons now? Two or three. he just couldn't do two shit? Two or three. Yeah. And will I buy him again in fantasy football? Sure. Absolutely. Opening day. <laughs> First name on the list. <laughs> Triple captain, game week one. But, like, yeah, it, it, what he's done this season in the Championship has been unbelievable. And from a, from a supporter of a team who cannot score goals at all, I... I don't... Oh, God. Do I dare... Does he have more goals than Peter Brook? I was just wondering. <laughs> I bet he does. Um, almost certainly. 40 goals is a lot of goals. It's not bad, is it? There's uh, Premier League teams that don't have 40 goals, I bet. Good Lord. Do I have to look this up? This is going to be absolutely This is going to be depressing. Awful. There's no good answer to this question, Ian. <laughs> I'm letting you do it because, you know, you, sometimes you watch a kid go with a, a fork to an electric socket and you're like, you know yeah, what? Yeah. I'm not going to do anything so, like this. Oh, God, Peter scored 38 goals. There it is. There it is. I told you there was a happy ending to this. Oh, okay. No, (laughs) let's take it positively. Well done, Mitro. What a fucking amazing season, you fucking bastard. That's pretty incredible. Um, Ian, if it makes you feel any better, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in the Premier League with less goals than Mitro and nine teams with the same or less. Sure. There's two teams on 40. Less games, though, but yeah. <laughs> Less games, but whatever. We're, you know, we're still yeah. going with that. I mean, Barnsley finished bottom of the championship and they only scored 32. So, you know, fuck you, Barnsley. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Fuck them. Fuck Barnsley. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, cool. I mean, that's, uh, that's all the news. Yeah, that is good news. Where, uh, where are we at on time? Because we're recording on uh, on a new thing. 25 minutes or something. 25? Okay, cool. That's actually shorter than usual. For <laughs> <laughs> going great. Uh, it has been a while since we recorded. Um, in that time, uh, you've been relegated. Chelsea got kicked out of the Champions League in the semifinal by Real Madrid, and Palace <laughs> lost to Chelsea in the semifinal. Um, so been a shit couple of weeks for our teams. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Chelsea are through to the final of the FA Cup, but as I mentioned, I was rooting for Palace there. So I'm not angry that Chelsea are through, but that's not what I wanted. We have been in six of the last seven FA Cup finals, I believe. Is that true? I'm pretty sure, yeah, we're... Oh, my goodness. Either five of the last six or six of the last seven. So, like, it really isn't that exciting for us. Like, I know that I sound like the biggest asshole in the world, but, like, 
I want to beat Liverpool, but if we were playing a different team, I wouldn't care as much. But now I really fucking want it because we're playing Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So like, I, I don't want them to get it, and then I want us to get it instead. Chelsea also were bad and good in random matches. Let's see, what are Chelsea's results since then? They lost to Arsenal. Oh, yeah, good job, Arsenal. Arteta actually looked good there. Um, thoroughly outplayed Chelsea, 2.5 to 0.7. Uh, Arsenal having a bigger thread going, uh, which is that they also beat Man United. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to go through these lists of games, so I'm just going to skip yeah, like that. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Arsenal 3, Manchester United 1. Arsenal 2.2 to Manchester United 2.1. So closer match on XG than the Chelsea match, but two big name teams, at least one fairly good team, if not fully checked out for summer vacation here. Um, Arsenal getting some good results. Arsenal up to 67% for the fourth place spot. This is the fun part about statistics, Ian. Mm. Sample size. When they were like 70% and then they like, it went down. Everyone was like, see, the numbers were wrong. And I'm like, no, the numbers are wrong right now. But like at that point, looking over a simulation of the entire rest of the season, they won 70% of those. And look what's happening as we get further towards the end of the rest of the season. It's going back up towards that number. That is not to say that that number was absolute. That's not really how stats works for all the actual analytics people out there being like, what are you talking about? But that is also to say, like, that 70% wasn't wrong, particularly, because they're back to it. Like, they're probably going to get fourth place. I don't know. How are you feeling about Arsenal? These are good games against good teams. They looked good. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that you want to talk about Arsenal rather than the the terribleness at Man United. But yeah, okay, we'll do Arsenal. Fuck Man United. I have no takes on them. I don't ever want to talk about them. Yeah, but it's it's fun at the minute, Oscar. They suck. The, there you go. They yeah, suck. but it's really fun at the minute. There's there's, yeah. there's a lot of fun stuff. But okay, I'll, I'll deal with the fun Man United stuff in a bit. Uh, but, Fair enough. But Arsenal, yeah. Okay, so uh, which Arsenal are we looking at at the minute? This um, is the good Arsenal. Lots of crosses, wins. Lots of crosses, um, yeah. Okay. XG. You know, 50-plus crosses every match. That's how you know they're doing good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, well, I'll, I'll, let me throw in a news story as well to Arsenal then. Uh, that is a, they're apparently the front runners for uh, Gabriel Jesus for Manchester oh, interesting. City. Now, okay. I, I expressly, like, I wrote this down because it was something I wanted to talk to you about because um, obviously Chelsea at the moment, uh, handcuffed, they cannot be uh, in the chase for someone like Jesus. Sure, Jesus is apparently up for the move, uh, which is fair enough. Like he's never really pushed for being number one at Man City. He's, no. uh, you know, even after Aguero left, he still hasn't absolutely like, yeah. nailed that down. Uh, so apparently, he's always been the consummate pro. Holland is coming in. Well, it certainly looks that way. Absolutely. So, but he also apparently is open. To a move to Arsenal, where oh, you mean he's he wants the Chelsea move? Well, this is what I was going to ask you. Is it sort of upsetting that in a you know where where you've maybe struggled? You know, Werner's up and down lately. <laughs> sure, you know, now tied with Benteke, so I might not have to give my Twitter over control right, of my Twitter okay. over to Chelsea. <laughs> right, okay, which will be nice. Yeah, they're um... both on four goals, I think. <laughs> Not how we thought that bet would no, pan out. No, I was going through my gambling slips, and I bet on Timo Werner to win the Golden Boot back wow. in August. I know. I mean, I always put some ridiculous Chelsea bets on at the start of the season, knowing that they're probably going to lose. But, like, yeah. you know, like yeah. I bet for them to win the Champions League every year. That never hits. But, uh, wow. yeah, I saw that one, and I was like, oof, that is <laughs> but, but anyway, so Jesus feels like the sort of player that Chelsea would have been bang up for. 
and that obviously it's not even a consideration. Whereas Jesus is sounds like he's willing to move to London, looking to be, uh, you know, this possibly be the last move, um, and to have a, a team be built, if not built around him, certainly he'd be the focal point. Is it slightly upsetting that that Chelsea aren't in for him because of other extraneous reasons? Uh no, no? not at all. No, I think um, I don't think he's a good fit for Chelsea, given all the other similarly positioned and right. technically abilitated, abled um, players. <laughs> words. <laughs> yeah, words. Uh, I mean, he would be coming in to be like in the middle of the pack slash back of the line. We already have Hakim Ziyech and Pulisic and Timo and Mount and Havertz okay. and Callum when he's healthy. Um all fighting for those spots out there. And I don't know that he it would be any better of a situation for him than he has at City. And I don't know that he's a massive upgrade on any of those players for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he would just be another piece in a, in the system, which yeah. is good to have, but like we don't have to spend the money for it to be him. There are lots of other players that could do that. And I don't think it's a good fit for him either. I think he, I think he would, one, fit more naturally with the younger, um, faster and more sort of fluid, I guess, players at Arsenal. Whereas Chelsea's system is very like, and it's not rigid, but it's 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 a system. Okay, it's very system systematic. Fair enough. Let's say that. So um, sorry, I'm I'm not necessarily talking about this game specifically. I just I'm yeah. just looking for uh, bigger pitch things because I I was genuinely interested to think to know what you thought about um, wh- whether you'd have been in for him and, and whether you. No, have been I think interested. Chelsea this summer should be looking at. Um, I hope the new ownership comes in and analyzes with like analytics, um, the situation. And I'm hoping their conclusion is that we need to spend money at central midfield. Right. Um, okay. Someone like a Goretzka or a Kimmich, like a, a Kante level and Kante replacement, potentially given his age profile player, not even like, I want Declan Rice and it'd be great to have him, but he's not Kante level. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. make a splash signing as a statement of like, look, we're the new owners and we really are committed. Um, which is something that a lot of new owners do. Get us like the best central midfielder in the world. Uh, and then also with Rudiger leaving, we're going to have to spend at center back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the areas that I want to see Chelsea improve in. We have Lukaku. Like, yeah. We, we didn't need yeah. Lukaku. When we bought Lukaku, I said, I wish we had spent that money on a Conte replacement. I'm still saying this a year later. Like, we, we have plenty of attackers. We don't need more. Yeah. Okay. So, so also, I, I realize I'm going to, as I say, I'm going away from the concepts. Context of this game specifically. All good, baby. It's a free flowing conversation. It's (laughs) just me and you this week. But um, I don't think anyone went into this game or any Man United game at the minute thinking that they're a a, a genuine prospect. No one's scared of them anymore. No one. No one's bothered. So the the parallel that I just quickly want to draw, and it might not require any comment other than yep. (laughs) But isn't it weird that Arteta has managed to? strip out from Arsenal what seems to be the problem with Man United in that you've got the, like Arsenal until very recently had a lot of players on big wages who were just causing vague problems in the dressing room yeah. weren't mm-hmm. really pulling their weight the likes of Aubameyang Ozil you know people like that and he's managed to strip them out and then you've got this sort of young hungry bunch of players yeah. who are fun to watch and Man United looked like Arsenal two years ago yeah like where you've got all these players they don't really seem to make sense the board want to keep players on for commercial appeal 
rather than anything else. Anything the only else. thing I would say in response to that, to, to like argue against it, because I pretty much do agree with everything that you're saying, is that the players that Man United has in their stable are much more talented than the, those players were yeah. at Arsenal. Yeah. Like Jaden Sancho could be one of the 20 best players in the world. Well, this is correctly, it. Right? Like Paul Pogba, they wasted Paul Pogba. That's not that, that's not because Paul Pogba is a bad player. Of course not. Whereas like, especially Aubameyang the last couple of seasons, or Ozil for the last few seasons, like those guys were expensive and lethargic. Whereas Man United just has a bunch of really good players that they don't know what to do with or how to put into a system. Just lack of coaching, lack of ta- um, tactical no. nails. No, there's ownership. Uh, well, not ownership. Um, <laughs> management, high-level management problems at Man United, I would say. Yeah. They lack a Marina Gronoskoya who can like have a vision and negotiate for like smart purchases. They always make dumb purchases well, on top of then But then, um, but then they double down. But together. then they double down on that because when it's very clear they need to move someone on, the board will try and hang on to them because they've got commercial appeal. So yeah, I, I yeah. you're absolutely right. I think re- recruitment is is wrong at Man United and has been for a while. But then they don't uh, cut their losses in in ways that some other teams seem to be willing to. Like Arsenal, I would have never have said would have been willing to cut their losses on Aubameyang. But that's what that's they true. did, and it seemed like a good move. You know, and there's... the I don't know, it's maybe happening possibly because of COVID and um, cash flows and things, but some clubs seem more willing to go... We talked about this before. What's the, um, what's the word for it? Is it uh, sunk, sunk cost or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sunk so, cost, yeah. That's right, right, thanks. So... Yeah, you guys have talked about it before. It was not something I was familiar with before, but like, yeah, there there is the, the clubs seem more willing to go throwing more good money after bad is not the way to go here. Yeah, and we'll get rid. Man United don't do that. They 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 feel like no, we're going to hang on to these because we'll sell a few more shirts in Asia. Um, I would is say that-, that part of that comes from the fact that Man United is the richest club in the world. Yeah, I mean, not counting the like oil clubs. Because, like, that's infinite money. All the debt that they owe to themselves, but yeah. Right, exactly. But Man United are, like, unreasonably rich. Yeah. So they can they don't have to make good financial decisions. Right. But that's not a factor that particularly um, is constraining in their decision-making. It, it will hit a limit. You could turn into a Barcelona um, if you make enough really expensive, really bad decisions. But I don't think they're there yet. I don't think they're in really particularly to the point where they have to worry about how much you know, like, oh, are they spending 120 versus 150 yeah. on a transfer? Not that that's those aren't literal numbers, but like as an as a hypothetical example, I don't think they're sweating that 30 million the way like Arsenal would, Close. even to even to keep it like within big clubs, um, or potentially the new Chelsea ownership. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so Man United are so rich that it gives them um, it just changes their incentives. They're just not making their decisions in the way that other clubs make their decisions. Okay, well, sorry, I went bigger picture with that, but if, no, I if, love if, bigger picture. Yeah, I know, I know you do. So if we take if we if we take it back to this this match, no one, I I don't think it was unexpected that Man United lose this match. No, like I said, both United and Chelsea were checked out. Yeah, like that Chelsea defense. Oof, oh man. <laughs> um, we are on summer vacation. There's one game that mm, kind of matters. 
Mm. No, it matters. It's the FA Cup final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. matters to the players. I'll say exactly for sure yeah. and, the, and the club. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like we're we're a lock for third. We're fucking checked out. Yeah. And Arsenal put the sword to us like they rightly should have, um, which is not necessarily something they would have done in the past. So like I'm not dismissing their win. Mm. But yeah, you're. I mean, you're not wrong. None of this uh, was all that shocking, even to see it play out in real time. Yeah. Uh, because Arsenal have something to play for, and like Chelsea and United don't. Really? I mean, you saw that against West Ham. Chelsea barely got that win against West Ham. Like, so let me just because I, we haven't talked about this match really at all. Other, okay. uh, no, just other than that, Arsenal. Uh, I think were good value for their win. I mean, but just to drill down on Man United, they're as you've said, top to bottom, just seem ridiculous. Did you see uh, what Paul Scholes uh, said? No. Did he show over in his willy? <laughs> no, that in, wasn't what he said. In the studio, just popped his shorts off. Just, just, uh, that is a yeah. reference to a thing that happened for the record. That's not about sexual. That's not a joke about sexual oh, no. assault. His shorts rode up one time, and you could see his willy, and it was willy, funny. His willy popped out. Uh, but uh, no, so he said that. Um, he'd be, this is <laughs> bear in mind, and you'll love this, Oscar. <laughs> bear in mind, this is on you know live live sports coverage. He says. Um, so yeah, I was talking to Jesse Lingard, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but the dressing room is a disaster. <laughs> I, I bet he does mind you saying that. Bro. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure he will mind. I mean, I know Jesse isn't necessarily best friends with uh, the the way things have gone with Man United no, of course, yeah, at yeah. the minute, but you're like, I'm pretty sure he won't want you saying that you've been in direct contact with him. <laughs> And, the and he room. just shit talks his club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure Jesse won't mind me saying this, but yeah. it's a fucking shit show. Um, and Scott McTominay, though, comes out in his post-match. And and he didn't just do this once, by the way, because you, you know what it's like. Players do the rounds. They do the, the couple of broadcasters that are there, and then they do the press. And yeah. his comments didn't change between all three of them. So at no point did he calm down. But he just slated... The club pretty much top to bottom. Whole load of problems in terms of player staff and everything higher up. The fundamentals of f- football aren't there, including balls and belief. And <laughs> he oh, proper. He, said, he wants it proper. Oh, he said balls a few times. He really did. But yeah, it's pride on the pitch. Give your best to everyone. There are lots of things going on at the minute. When we get back in the dressing room, it's go home and take a look at yourself in the mirror time. You can't go back to your house and be satisfied with conceding three goals at Arsenal. Shade at Arsenal there, I love it. Certainly, which is lovely. De Gea did the same um, last last week, calling, and I love it when a goalkeeper does this because I, I I always think of goalkeepers as like sub outfield players. You like you know because mm-hmm. at school if you're playing in goal, um, you're it's because you're not good enough outfield. Yeah, sure, I played in goal sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but like you know he was calling like the team a disgrace and that they weren't doing enough to create chances and stuff which I I always love a goalkeeper saying (laughs) you know the only goal the only chances a goalkeeper creates a route one boot it up off we go but he also can see the whole pitch you know so maybe maybe there's something in it but honestly Man United and I know you didn't want to talk about because you don't like talking about Man United but it's negative so let's go (laughs) they just seem like a wreck (laughs) They just seem like an absolute wreck. And yeah, no, they're, they're no one seems surprised. Um, yeah, my take that they were going to finish maybe third 
uh, does not look good. That was my that was my take preseason, I believe. Yeah. They they have they still have all the pieces. They just can't find the right manager. And maybe I guess Ragnick, I kind of thought for a second could have been. I didn't know that much about him, but like the people that he had worked with made it seem like he might be. And he's not. I doubt Ten Hag is going to be it. Well, that's it's going to be really interesting because they're apparently going to give him a lot of power. That's that's the word coming out of the club. We're we're going to go back to a Ferguson Light era where the manager has a huge amount of power. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll stick with that long enough for yeah. it to not backfire. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. That's a long time on the first game. I apologise, but there was a lot of bigger picture things that seemed to, nah, to all come good. out there. Um, there's a lot of games. We've kind of talked about like seven of them sporadically. <laughs> anyway, um, shall we check in on Liverpool Island? The title race is still going. Isn't it just? Uh, speaking of Man United, uh, we had Liverpool smashing them 4-0, 1.7 to 0. 0.1 Oh, on yeah, of course we haven't spoken since Good then. Grief. I mean, that is exactly it. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Who in their right mind didn't know that that would be a Liverpool win to nothing? Like, yeah, absolutely. You, you yeah, know, yeah. that was just... No one thought anything different unless you were absolutely insane. 0.1, though, is, like, <laughs> atrocious. Uh, and then Liverpool followed that up winning 2-0, uh, 1.7 to 0.5 against Everton. Can we spend, like, another half hour on this match? I forgot about this until I saw it on the rundown just now. Yeah. Good grief. That was a – well, first of all, it was a very boring match for m- the majority of it. Um, I – well, yeah. I thought, well, it was violent. There was violence. <laughs> so I guess there's I that. I liked it. Yeah, yep, yep, there it is. Um, There was some violence to entertain, for sure. Uh, Richarlison was fun to watch. Oh, what a delight. Yeah, love it. Yep. But also Liverpool relegating Everton, basically, with this (laughs) result while keeping their title hopes alive. Gotta feel good. Uh, And I do say alive because they are still only at 36%, according to 538. Everyone wants there to be a title race. The statistics don't necessarily agree. Um, But Everton are 55%. (laughs) 55 after that result. That that is a um, direct result of uh, what we call points on the board. Uh, (laughs) Points on the board of what Burnley have got. Uh, we won't talk. I don't think we'll probably talk about Burnley Wolves because I very much doubt you watched that match. I did not. Uh, no, of course. No. <laughs> and, uh, I was watching Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> struggle to put West Ham <laughs> struggle, away. Struggle to beat West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but what we will say about Burnley quickly is seven out of the last nine points. Um, hey. No boo. Well, well, <laughs> well, you're boo. I I know exactly what you mean because you you dislike Burnley, but Dyche is gone. Uh, maybe we're looking at a new Burnley now. We're not. Boo. No. <laughs> um, I don't, don't ever believe them, folks. When they tell you they've changed, just take me back. I'm, I'm different. Uh, I found myself. I went on a trek. Nope. Fuck them. Uh-uh. Once a cheater, always a cheater, Ian. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Fuck Burnley. <laughs> I, I will the... never like Burnley. I, could, the, I no, will never no. like Burnley. And I am not trying to argue that, don't worry. But I, I saw the, the pre-build-up of uh, Monday Night Football, because as we record, Palace and Leeds is happening. It's still nil-nil at the minute in the second half. But... Um, and they were they were putting up some stats about Burnley and and with the incredibly small sample size of the new managers, uh, three Two games, three games, three, okay, yeah, yeah, three great. games, yeah. Well, well, because they've got seven points out of most nine. points per match in the history of uh, Burnley's <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. managers. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, but 
And well, I understand because it's not been quite so long ball, and there's been a bit more short pass football and a little bit more adventurous. I don't, I haven't seen anything that's been vastly different from the Dyche era. But yeah, okay, fine. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't know that. Still, I go back to don't care. Fuck them. Yeah, Fuck yeah. Burnley. I know you don't. Know, I know you <laughs> They could start playing really nice, and maybe they are, and good for them, I guess. But I hope they play really nice in the championship. <laughs> Fine. And I, I, I know that's your position. And my and Chuck's position is slightly different in that... Because you want Everton to go down. I don't want anyone to go down, but it would be fucking funny if Everton went <laughs> It would down. be pretty funny. Like, that is fucking next level shit. Like, uh, honestly. The, the American in me, I think, it doesn't want Everton to go down. I I, I know too many Everton fans. Okay. Um, They're a very popular club that's over here. Really, are they? Yeah, did you not know that? No. Oh, uh, well, I mean, Tim Howard. So, like, when the Premier League was first growing, and there's been a second wave now, um, shout out new Patreon Nick uh, and friend of the pod and my friend in real life, um, who is part of that wave of new fans. Since the pandemic, I think a lot of people kind of found their way to soccer. But even before that, the first wave of, like, a bunch of new fans in the Premier League was when Tim Howard was, like, really good, really, really, really popular because we didn't have any good players. And he was at Everton. Yeah. Um, and then Landon Donovan went on loan there. Of for course, yeah. Two Januaries he spent at Everton. Yeah, I love Landon Donovan. Great love fan. Landon Donovan. Yeah. Love Landon Donovan. Don't like Tim Howard. Love Landon Donovan. <laughs> such a good advocate for mental health and just such an amazing player. Yeah, uh, yeah, top man. Yeah. So top, top person. So there's a lot of American Everton fans. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, and like I, I, I have a natural sort of fondness for them, even though I also hate them for Chelsea reasons. Yeah. Um, they are a bogey team for us. I know Chuck doesn't think bogey teams exist. I do, even though it does not go and at all in line with like logic and numbers and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you got to allow yourself to be superstitious, and I do think bogey teams are a thing. Well, bogey bogey teams and players. You you tell Everton that Divock Origi is not a fucking bogey player. Oh for my god! <laughs> I get Divock Origi, man. Divock Origi. Jesus! Apparently, scored more goals in Merseyside derbies than Kenny Dalglish. <laughs> no <which> is... fucking <laughs> way! <laughs> fucking the amazing. Kenny Dalglish. Just hilarious that. But yeah, so so I I that's interesting what you're saying there. I mean, like I say, just for the chaos of it. Me and Chuck love chaos. You love chaos as well. But I understand the the uh, Everton love there, I suppose, and the Burnley hate because you they're the they're the number defiers. Yeah, it's much more of a Burnley hate than, yeah, than, yeah, than yeah. anything Understood. else. Understood. To be clear. But um, fuck me, it'd be interesting to see Everton in the championship. Yeah, they have a lot of money. Although they, their owner got sanctioned also. Although he's only like part owner and they were a lot more secretive about the money laundering. Whereas Roman was like, I own Chelsea, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Uh, they never tried to hide it. Um, okay. This guy's kind of behind the scenes. But their financials might be in serious problems depending on how much of the dirty money was his dirty money. But game wise, um, this was the problem we've got because you're saying title race thirty six percent Liverpool, and that is because Man United, uh, sorry, Man Man City are currently um, ahead. Is it one point ahead or is it? Um, they are as of right now one point ahead. Yeah, yes. right. So that's that's the the sort of. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, I don't know. The solid state effects of that. That that's where it is. And at the minute, no team in that position seems to be dropping points. Liverpool, every game they play, you think they're going to score more than the opponents. Man City just trounced uh, Watford. What was it? Five one in the end. 
Yep, and a three zero against Brighton before that. Yeah. So the problem is you can't see any 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 of the teams dropping points, and that's why Man City's uh, statistics uh, statistical project projection is above Liverpool's. Yeah, it's it's basically saying that the when you simulate things for the rest of forever, only yeah. one in every three times does either of these teams drop points. Which sounds right. It does sound right. So. Let's uh, put a pin in the title race because until a team drops points, there, there's no point talking about it. I, I, genuinely, I just don't know what to say anymore yeah, about Man City and Liverpool. Um, Liverpool uh, Everton fans, some Everton fans are taking some solace from this performance, and it's interesting to me because. I know why, because it was the low block and they were letting Liverpool have possession, an ungodly amount of possession, by the way. It was... I think the second most ever for a first half. Really? Something like that. Wow. It, over the whole game, it was 83% possession to Liverpool, which is... This is insane. An, it's an insane amount. It's yeah. a disgusting amount. Frankly disgusting. <laughs> Honestly, Frank, have a word. Oh uh, man, I feel so funny about slagging Frank off all the time because uh, of- he's he's he deserves it more and more. If they go down, I think he should. I think he needs like uh, an eat, pray, love. By which I mean he needs <laughs> to spend a season in the championship in low pressure, like a reasonable situation where he's not in over his head. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, stop doing that. I know that he's a literal genius, but he's obviously overestimating his abilities to be a yeah. manager. Um, so stop going for the hardest situations you can think of and go for a more normal situation for a couple of years. I just meant I feel bad because quite often I work with his wife. She's just oh, lovely. Well, there you go. <laughs> I just oh, don't listen to my podcast ever, please. Um, but I'm sure she does not. I'm sure she does not. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we are left in a position where Everton weren't in the bottom three when he took over. Everton are in the bottom three now. Yeah. Everton are more likely than not to go down. Uh, obviously, there's bigger problems. No one's saying it's just Lampard's management that have, that have led to this. Uh, that would be genuinely ridiculous because the the club just seems genuinely seems rotten from from top to bottom. It's not not good at all. And I can imagine being ever Everton fan and just having your head in your hands about this situation uh, because the fixtures are terrible coming up well the next one's against us at goodison we always lose at goodison anyway yeah and we're checked out man you are checked out you are checked out and we'll i'll tell you what we will we will segue to that checked outness very soon Uh, the 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 only thing i would say is that it's just i i think everton are relying on on something quite special happening and i don't know where that special thing is coming from because I don't think the defence have got it in them to keep many clean sheets at all, especially with the fixtures they've got coming up. Burnley, Fair. to use an old British expression, have got their peckers up. <laughs> and they are, they're, they've got some momentum. And when I think uh, me and Chuck had a look at like Burnley's fixtures coming up, and you, you would look at uh, fixtures like Wolves, which we're not going to go into, but you'd look at fixtures like Wolves and go, that could easily be a Burnley win, and it was. And that's the thing. Whereas where you you've got Burnley going into games where they're with sort of mid table opposition, you're going, cool, Burnley will fancy that. I don't know what Everton fixtures I will look at and go, Everton will fancy it. 
because I don't think they ever fancy themselves in a fixture. I don't disagree with you. I'm not well. I, I'm not really arguing for anything. I'm just yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. other than Everton have got a fucking rough few weeks coming up. They that, sure that, do. That's all I'm arguing for. You know. Yeah, I don't disagree. If a model is going to find if if um, variance is going to oh shit, how do I say this? Um, I think people always think that variance and luck are exactly the same. Luck being like pure randomness. Yeah. Which is not true. There's always a lot of noise in data. Um, part of which is explainable, but not measurably explainable. Mm-hmm. So that it becomes literal noise in the data because like it, it isn't a number. It's, it's the extra bits that kind of lead to errors in estimations. Um, and something like Chelsea are checked the fuck out for the season is not going to be caught up in the XG numbers. That's going off of the entire season. And like, realistically, there's a pretty good chance we'll win. It's ever, uh, you know, we are much better than Everton, but the model will project based off of how Chelsea has been so far. Mm. The model does not assume any model. No good model should either. That's just not how like stats works particularly, but it doesn't assume that Chelsea is going to be radically different going forward for whatever reason, which in reality, there are going to be hard junctures where like, clubs performances for real reasons that you can like see and understand and explain like will vary from the numbers in meaningful ways um and i think that chelsea being checked out is one of them so i do think that like if you look at everton's percentages or you look at everton's like even the gambling sites wouldn't take that into account a result against chelsea is incredibly unlikely for everton whereas now it's only kind of unlikely i think so that could be somewhere where they find points what do you think You've seen Chelsea recently, like, come uh, yeah, on, they that can is get the three thing. points that, off us. That is the only thing that makes me think of any chance whatsoever, because Chelsea do do seem the almost definition of on the beach lately. I mean, it... it yeah. The, the West Ham performance... We generated 2.8. That's surprising to me. It is surprising. I mean, <laughs> that includes surprising. a penalty, right, that Jorginho missed, but that's still 2.1. Yeah. Like, we must have gotten a bunch of chances late on. It was boring to watch. It man. really was dull. It really was dull. And and West Ham don't give a shit anymore. Uh, I, well, Premier League wise, I think it's pretty clear from the lineup that they are uh, not prioritizing. They're worried about other competitions. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. which is fair enough. Yep. Um, but then you think, well, Chelsea should do a number on this team and and they absolutely didn't and it it was it was pretty lethargic i thought um so i mean we don't necessarily need to go into even chelsea that much because your your season is done yeah and that's not a fun thing to think of as a fan with four games left uh but like I don't know. What do we talk about here? Uh, is the is the era of the skip penalty gone? Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I have some Chelsea takes. I could I could have enough Chelsea takes for a whole okay. Chelsea pod. Okay. Um, but so I'll I'll trot out a few. Uh, one, it's been really nice to see the Timo resurgence. Yeah, uh, re- sure. Renaissance, yeah. whatever word, some word with an R. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's been good. He's been good. He's been fun. I like him, man. I always like him. He just runs. And he smiles and he runs. And he never complains. He doesn't flop. He doesn't moan. He's not like... He just seems like a really good teammate and a really hard worker. You just described the white Kante. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but with a lisp and German and blonde. And I love him. I love him. And it's been really great to see him do well. I don't know. He's gotten a few goals. A little less bad luck. 
Um, yeah, yeah, that is definitely you know, true. He's yeah. always been good in other competitions. He's dog shit in the league, but he's always <laughs> been a cup like. And that inc- when I say cup, I mean like FA Cup and Champions League. I don't mean like the fucking League Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he likes a cup goal, so you know. But it's 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 good to see him doing well. That's one of my Chelsea takes is that it makes me smile. The what else do we have about Chelsea? <laughs> uh, I actually want the FA Cup because of course you do. It's Liverpool. Yeah, I didn't. But now that it's Liverpool, I, I very much want it. So I want that on the record. I don't want anyone to be like, oh, he's going to pretend he doesn't get... No, I, it's fucking Liverpool. I want does, that. Does the FA Cup uh, final come before the Champions League final in the calendar? Yeah. The Champions League final is supposed to be the last thing in the European football calendar across all leagues and cups. Okay. So you could be the quadruple killers if you got, got in there. And, uh... That could be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd enjoy that. As long as it doesn't go 11 to 10 on penalties. Yeah. <laughs> like the last yeah. time we had them in a cup final. Yeah, true. Um, oh. So, uh, yeah, are, are we seeing the end of the skip penalty now? Because oh, uh, no, <laughs> are we not? I don't because... think so. Give it Timo though. More more goals for Timo boost his confidence. You're I'm trying to down take me off for the skip penalty thing, but Jorginho's penalty was one of the worst penalties I've ever oh, seen. Oh my god, it was terrible. It was, it was so it, bad, awful. And that was obviously because on Saturday lunchtime we saw Bruno's. Uh, laboured skip penalty and then hit the base of the post against um, against Arsenal. I mean, yeah. it does seem to telegraph to the goalkeeper like something. Like, yeah, um, yeah. this this battle of wits between goalkeeper and and striker. If you just wait, 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 wait. Well, I think it favours the goalkeeper eventually. I I think for me, it seems like one of those things that works nine times out of ten, but on the time it doesn't, it's like. So So we bad. just saw two bad ones. Yeah. yeah so like it, it stands out, whereas the nine yeah. ones that go in, you're like, yeah, all right, that went in, it was a penalty, whatever. But my goodness, that looked bad. Yeah, it was oh, so awful. It was spectacular. To the point that Fabianski's laughing about it in post-match like, interviews afterwards. Like, yeah, people just seem to take bad penalties against me. Yeah. He, <laughs> like, I mean, he passed it slowly yes, up the middle. Yeah. Fabianski could have guessed the wrong way twice Yeah. by the time the ball got to him tamely. Well, we have a, we have a saying in, in this country from when uh, goalkeepers used to wear caps. Uh, back in the uh, 1800s, <laughs> and it, he could have thrown his cap on it. It was that slow. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. You know, it was so poor. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. But I think that's one of those things that looks really bad when it fails, but it mostly hits. That's um, possibly so, true. Possibly yeah. true. I don't know. What other teams are teams? Oh, Spurs. We should talk about Spurs. They're the other half of that. Oh, do we have to? That was a dull game as well. well oh, that's kind God. of what's been going on with them. Uh, 0.4 to 0.7, losing 0-1 to Brighton, following that up with 0.8 to 0.7, uh, drawing 0-0 with Brentford. So they lost to two BR teams, which is bad. <laughs> um, which is how you judge it, yeah. They generated 1.1 XG across two games, 0.4 and 0.7 on both of those. Again, yeah. against BR teams, not good teams. Um, <laughs> and like they're just not good right now. What happened? What done happened? Last time we were talking, Conte was so good. I don't, I, Explain. I, I don't know, but what I what I enjoy is that then Conte, you know, rolls back to the greatest hits of of a month or two ago and starts fluttering his eyelashes at PSG and saying that the players aren't good enough for uh, again. Whereas a week ago they were the best players in the world. <laughs> this is. I, I I don't know what to make of Conte's what's the word uh, uh, press strategy. 
it's, it's very odd uh, because I think I, well, something I've realised about myself is that I'm not sure I even actually like football. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I like is the soap opera around football. Okay. Uh, and and the, I've I've realised this because when I talk to you, when I talk to Chuck and 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 people who are re- really into the game and and tactics and stuff, I always bring up the post matches, <laughs> stuff like That's that. Like, you do I, talk I, about I, the post match interviews. I like didn't realise how much I did it. I've, I, yeah. Uh, and I've I've listened to myself back a few times now. Gone. Oh, I think I just like the soap opera of it more. That's funny. <laughs> more than the actual football, which is yeah, really interesting. But anyway, Conte. I, I mean, I think Tottenham are bad, <laughs> but so there's no but reason. I have why reason to. I don't like them. I'm biased, yeah. so of course, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, but yeah, I just i I thought it was I thought it was fun that he just started doing doing Conte things again. Um. Yeah, Spurs. Uh, it was it was such a boring match. It's almost hard to draw any conclusions from it. Um, uh, Eric, let's. I suppose we'll go to Brentford. In that it's it's cool that they've got another shutout against a, a big team. Sure. And um, Ericsson looked good again. I sort of want him to stay at Brentford. Just me too, man. Yeah, I mean, it just it would be more fun, wouldn't it? And we're gonna have three teams come up from uh, the Championship now. It looks like Fulham. Bournemouth question mark and I'll put that in there for you Mark Daffin Forest have still got a shout haven't they um, and whoever else comes up from the playoffs and um, you know that gives the Brentford a cushion you would think to to push on even further because their their season's been up and down admittedly but ultimately really good and, and making a mockery of Norwich who came up too early apparently and then oh this is their second chance so they should be fine this time no Brentford have shown that you can do it first time if you spend money wisely and and do things do things properly you know Bournemouth are 92% by the way just okay I was <laughs> so it's Bournemouth I, I know it's Bournemouth but I was just giving, giving some you know <laughs> some hope to Mark there that no not <laughs> Not in a forest who relegated Peterborough. Uh, <laughs> might, <laughs> might have a chance. I'll be support Mark. I'll be supporting you in the playoffs. You know, if you get to yeah, Wem- there you go. If you, if you get to Wembley, I'll also watch it on television. Um, it, it's not surprising to me that that Brentford draw against Spurs, and I think that's Spurs' issue really, because if you want to be a big club, you should be dispatching teams like this no problem. And it was a problem, you know. Sun and Kane were pre- really quite ineffectual because of Brentford's pressing, and and how how quickly they got to them uh, when they were on the ball. And I I think I don't know I don't know Conte's done really good things at Spurs. Let's make that yeah. very very clear. Yeah. But I you know he knows, and I know as the layman viewer that there's still work to do, and. I still think there's quite a lot of work to do. Um, what are the percentages on the top four as it stands? Uh, Arsenal are 66 and Tottenham are 34. So about right. one in three Yeah, and, and that feels like a missed opportunity. Uh, yeah, for, I mean, they were above them. It was flipped not that long ago. Exactly. Where it was like three times exactly. as likely for Spurs. They've had two really shit results here. Yeah, it's not great. and and But that's the Spurs roller coaster. It genuinely continues <laughs> all the time, it seems. Yes. Um, I think the truth uh, 
if I can bring it back to the post-match press conferences, which is what I really feel passionate about and care about. Here yeah. Today. Thank you. Um, I think the true post-match press conferences are the ones where he's like, these players are shit. I don't have the players to do anything good here. What yeah, do you want yeah, from me? Agreed. Um, and I think that when he says they're great, is he's trying to big them up. Because, you know, that's yeah, just what you do for people. keep the role going. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I just don't think they have enough good players, honestly. And that's not any shade at specific ones. It's all of them. No. Other I mean, than they, Son. They, they've made good moves. Uh, Kulosevsky, as we've said, we've, we've already said it looks great. If you look at the average, let's pretend for a second. <sighs> I know, but go with me on this, listener. Let's pretend that FIFA ratings are an accurate uh, reflection of, of player quality <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in real life. Or such a number exists. Their average would just be a lot lower than like Arsenal's or Chelsea's or Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool or City or United. Mm. Like they are the sixth most talented of those six teams on right. average. Yeah. They're one of the better run, run ones. I would say they're probably like fourth best run of those. Hmm. Third best run, maybe. Uh, probably. That's fourth. interesting because I know, I don't know until until the new stadium and stuff like that. I think a lot of Spurs fans would have been uh, not so happy with the running of the club. You know, the stadium has put a sticking plaster over a lot. Of yeah, uh, but complaints. I also think that that has been a huge hit on their finances, which is part of why they're at of where course. they're at. Like the the first point that I made. It's a long term. Um, yeah. It, yeah. So once they start getting that back in to get all those really good players, I think they really poorly have mismanaged some major purchases. Obviously, the Gareth Bale one being the most notable of those. I think they were really dumb not to sell Kane last summer. Um, looking increasingly like they just looking burned like 100 million pounds there. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Told you. Um, and, uh, and I just don't. I think that maybe they can get there. They they showed ambition in getting Antonio Conte. I'll say that. He's at a higher level than the oh, yeah. players are he's, at. And he's been superb for him. Uh, like, yeah. I, as I say, I enjoy the, the soap opera drama of the post-matches, but make no mistake, he's been brilliant for them, was a manager who felt like, at the time, a step above Spurs, as you're saying, you know, with, with the, the players as they are. So... He's superb for them, and it's if they really keep him next see. year, I bet they I bet they can finish fourth. I, oh, am I willing to put my money actually down on a take here? Sure, why not? If they keep Antonio Conte for all of next season, I bet Spurs come in fourth. I don't think that's a bad shout because I think Man United are a year or two away. Yep. Um, as Unless Ten Hag <laughs> comes in and like really figures it out, they have such talented fucking players, man. They could be something. That's the thing yeah. about Man United that scares me, to go back to Man United for a second. I don't know, when you see defenders swinging legs. I, I'm more afraid of you, the the lurking United than I am of Arsenal that is actually actualizing. I think you're absolutely right with United with uh, attacking talent, but I just feel like player discipline and stuff, it just sounds like it's shot. They they yeah. just don't they just don't want to run for anyone. And you you're getting a um Ten Hagen. You ain't gonna have to run any less. I promise you, you're not gonna have to run what any less. What they need is Antonio Conte. What they should have done was gotten him. He's <laughs> well, terrifying. Well. He kept Diego Costa in line. You're gonna tell me he can't get that fucking Man United defense back into shape? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. They're so dumb. I hope they get Pochettino. <laughs> oh God, I hope they get Pochettino. Um, no, he's good. I don't know. I don't know if I want that. 
United scare me and confuse me. Yeah, they Even are they confusing. Suck. They are confusing. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we'll 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 wrap this up very quickly if you don't mind, because I yeah. am currently looking at Palace Leeds. It is eighty minutes. Uh, sorry, seventy-eight minutes. Nil-nil. Now Leeds. Is there any chance they get drug into this uh, no. relegation scrap? No. I mean, are you sure? Because I felt like this Palace game here, and I could be embarrassed, obviously, if in the next 10 minutes they score, but I felt like this this Palace game, they've got to win this, and, and they're not. It's I don't know little. that they have to win. No. I think as long as they get a point out of this, they're at, they're right now they're at 18% pre this result. Um, if they lose... The numbers aren't changing that much going forward. I think it, the model, I'm assuming, assumes that a Palace wins this game most of the time. Do you think? Yeah, of course. Palace's numbers have been great. We're avoiding okay. Palace because it's like such a sore subject right now. But like, they have just been one of the best teams in England. This it across all of England. The like fourth when best team, Chuck. The fourth best. Fourth team. best team. Yeah. No, I mean like to put a specific number on it. Let me scroll up. They have been the. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh best team in England this year. So it's the big six, and then Palace are the best team in England other than the big six. How's that for a sentence? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Imagine saying such They a are thing. the only other team than the big six with a positive expected goal difference per 90. It's pretty tasty, isn't it? It's pretty fucking crazy. Um, so, of course, the model assumes that they're going to beat Leeds. So I don't think that 18% goes down that much even if they lose this. Certainly when they get another point, that's going to drop to, like, I don't know, 12%? I, for the record, I, I don't want Leeds to go down. I, I don't give a fuck about Leeds. They can go down. I don't fucking care one way or another. Do you feel the Chelsea-Leeds rivalry at all, um, or is that just... No, I know of it historically. Okay. Right? Like, they got, <laughs> like, it was bad in the 80s when all the, like, the gangs were a thing. Yeah, yeah. So I know of it. The first... When I look back on my Chelsea fandom journey... I was just having this conversation with the good Dr. Emily the other day. I must have been such a terrible, terrible fan for the first, like, five, six years that I was a Chelsea fan. Because, like, I found the club as a half-drunk college kid at a sports bar with a bunch of, like, (laughs) London expats who taught me, like, all the Chelsea Stadium songs. And that's really cool because, like, that became part of the American soccer culture and it, it, it is just part of that now. Yeah. So, like, a lot of American soccer fans, if you go to the right sports bars, like, they know the songs from the stadium. And so they sing them all the match and all that. But, like, that started because of, like, these London expats in New York in 2005. Yeah. And now that I know so much more about England and so much more about Premier League, just the type of fan that would go and convince a bar to open at 7.30 a.m. so they could get <laughs> drunk and sing stadium songs yeah, 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 at a yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty fucking intense, you know what I mean? And that's who I learned how to be a Chelsea fan from. So, like, the first, like, five years, I was just, like, drunk at pubs, singing the songs, and, like, yeah. getting in fights with Leeds fans and Liverpool fans after the beautiful. match. Beautiful. Like, what, a, what a beautiful introduction to, uh, to the yeah, beautiful Yeah, exactly. Game. Not, yeah. Like, not, like, real fights. Well, a couple. But, like, you know, just like, <laughs> hey, man, hey, man, get out of my face. Hey, yeah. So, like, I do kind of don't like Leeds because there was, like, one Leeds fan that would be at the par, and he would stand right on the edge. They would split us up to, like, the back of the bar was Chelsea fans, the front was Leeds fans or whatever. But, like, the most awful people would, like, sit in the middle of the bar. And he was a Leeds fan who was, like, always the closest to the Chelsea section as you could be and would, like, sing shit at us all, just, like, the whole match. 
So I have a like sore spot about Leeds because of that one specific person. Part of me enjoys the fact that that old, and I use the word old in the A-U-L-D, sort of old English rivalry has <laughs> trans, you know, got gone across the pond. And uh, part of me quite likes that. Yeah. Even though it's not necessarily the most pleasant of things to think about rivalry no, like I just that. don't like thinking about me when I was like a proper football narrative drunk at a bar... See, you I know, do. singing offensive songs. <laughs> yeah, fan. No, no, I enjoy that. No. Yeah, no. I'm, and I'm very much not that anymore. And I'm really glad that I Fair you know, found we're, my way towards yeah. analytics and like and we're moral. Glad, we're glad to have you as you are now. Oscar. <laughs> A strong moral compass and all yeah, yeah. of that. You know? All of that, yeah. <laughs> all them things. Because it's good to grow as people, people. Let's let's end the episode on that beautiful message. Yeah, let's Grow be as a people. person. You could, you're, be less of an asshole. You're an asshole. I'm an asshole. Everyone's an asshole. The moment you can admit that you're an asshole and then start working on being less of an asshole, the better we'll all be. What a beautiful message to end on. And uh, I will end on that. We won't uh, talk about uh, fixtures because I can't do it the same way Chuck does. Uh, Chuck will be back soon. We love you, Chuck. And uh, let's just leave this now by uh, thanking our producers. They are Sam Danby, Nate Whittam, Mark Daffin, Johnny Worthington, Jeff Pedder, and Andy Pempraise, who is, of course, from Sutton and uh, apparently might be in some sort of trophy or playoff or something. I don't know. There's some sort of Sutton situation going on. And uh, we love you all. Goodbye. Bye.